the Spirit spoke to me this last week and even coming into, you know, I knew weeks in advance that I was going to be teaching tonight, but the Holy Spirit moved on me to talk about freedom. And we're going to be we're going to be learning out of the book of Romans tonight. So if you want to just go ahead, Romans chapter 14 will be the only text that we'll be reviewing tonight. I couldn't quite understand why he put this on my heart so so deeply. And as I was reading through it, and I was thinking of encounter. And I was like, you know, it's, it's got to be encounter. It's got to be encounter. Well, it occurred to me over the last couple of days as I've been reading this that we're on the final stretch of the 21-day fast, and it's important that we go out with a bang. You know, God, God honors those. He loves those who diligently seek Him, to, who do things that don't make sense to the world. The fasting that we've entered into just doesn't make sense. And this chapter to the world could never make sense. And you'll understand more as we go through it. I'm sure you've all read this before, and... Um, I believe the Lord, the Lord has opened my eyes to some, some points that you, you may not have thought of before. But we've entitled tonight's lesson, Love, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Holiness. And um, Paul had noticed a trend where Christians were starting to become a little bit legalistic and judgmental, um, causing one another to stumble. Because this was a transitional period in the church where the law was, we were no longer bound by the law and the Levitical law and those, those things that the, the Jews were so, they clung to for their salvation. They believed that if they were ritualistic about how they lived their lives, that they could earn their way. And that's the way it was done. They would sacrifice animals. They wouldn't eat certain things. And there was, there was really not much liberty. But when Christ came and lived, fulfilled the law, died, took upon himself all the, the sins and burdens that we experience, he didn't just take on he didn't just take on the sickness and the disease and the the pain, the heartache and and all those things which we, we he did take those on and we honor that over the encounter weekend. But he took on legalism and that burden that was placed on, on, on the people by the law. He took that upon himself. And so long as we've allowed him and the Holy Spirit to move into us and take precedence over us, then we no longer are obligated to function under that law. And I think about the Ten Commandments that Moses was given. And in that time, how precious they were, and, and that's what you followed. And it was, it was painstaking because your flesh just didn't want to adhere to that. Your flesh wanted to do just the opposite of those Ten Commandments. Well, I learned that as we abide in Christ and He abides in us, the Ten Commandments then become promises. If you truly are in Him, He is truly in you, then you shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. You, all those things become promises as he is alive and inside of you. And that's the freedom that came when he sent the comforter. He had to leave. Like he said, he had to leave to send the one who would comfort us. And that just that started to resonate in my spirit 
and become more and more alive as I, as I came up with uh, tonight's lesson. Uh, pardon me if I don't stick to my notes. I wrote a bunch of stuff down, but um, we'll see what happens. Now, Paul references to food mostly, and in those days, as it is now, food was pivotal. I mean, that was uh, life or death, and um, even today we struggle, and I, I believe that, that that's why we sacrifice food when we enter into a fast. I believe that's, that shows him self-control, that we're willing to deny our flesh. You would never believe it until you tried to give up that that crutch. For some, it's sodas. For others, it's meat. I know the guy that works with me, he, he's having a hard time with, with the beef thing. He's like, I just can't. He, he's having a real hard time doing it. But it's amazing how food was pivotal. And as Christians, it's important for us to grow close to the Father. This, this allows us to gain insight and wisdom and discernment and a willingness to lay ourselves down. And that comes through the relationship that we develop with our Father. He loves us so much that He sent His Son, His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That promise is revolutionary. That changed the course of history as we, as we know it. And in doing that, he wanted a relationship with us. He came here to, to commune with us, to understand us in a, a more deeply and, and real way. And I believe he accomplished that. And then to go through what he went through to only end up on the cross, um, it's, it's, it's incomprehensible. But as we get to know him and understand that love that went through that for us, we gain insight and understanding as to who he is and how he loves. And only then can we truly operate and function like he did and, and walk out the walk, the Christian life, which is a, is a, diff, it's a very difficult thing. But then we can lay down our, our, ourselves for our brothers and sisters. The Bible says, you know, there's no greater love than for one to lay down his life for his brother. And in order to do that, we need to be totally and utterly selfless. There needs to be something more at stake than what we can gain for ourselves. And when we understand what God has done for us, then we can truly do that with compassion for our brothers and sisters and love. And we're freed from the law of what we have to do. We do it because we want to do it. And as we go further into this 21-day fast and move further away from the starting point, which was encounter for a lot, and I pray that tonight James is just being filled with the Holy Spirit, but as we move into that walk with Christ, I want this to become more. Uh, I want us to become more aware of the truth that exists in that Jesus Christ lived, breathed. And he he understands the emotions that we went through, and yet he did it because he loves us. He laid down his life. He set an example for us. Well, when he did leave, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell among us as we commune with Him in the Spirit and allow Him to flow through us, only then can we operate selflessly. I want to read a couple verses out of here. Um, in fact, I'd like to take just a moment, and I'm going to read through chapter 14. Starting in verse 1, it says, Receive one who is weak in the faith, 
not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak only eats vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. Let not him who does not eat, eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. You see what was taking place here? You had people being judgmental. They're watching other people do certain things, and they're, and they're criticizing them and judging them based on what they can and can't do. That's legalistic. That's law. That's the same. That's what we were freed from. And Paul is recognizing this, and it, I can almost sense a tone in his voice that says, knock it off. This is ridiculous. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be like this. One person is, esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he, give, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Oh, thank you. I'm sweating a little. For if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, the Lord says, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Liberty can be taken advantage of. But as we operate in love, which is what this chapter falls into, we realize that while we have the freedom and liberty in Christ, we've got to be careful not to, not to function under our own um, preconceived notion of what freedom or liberty is. And that it's not a selfless thing. The only reason we have that freedom or liberty is simply because Christ came, he lived, he died, he's the God of the living and the God of the dead. He knows. And if he dwells in us, and that's the transition there, is, is he dwelling in you? Because when he dwells in you, this, this bickering and complaining falls away. Christ didn't come... Christ didn't come for us to have a neat story to tell our kids. He wanted us to live it out. And Tyler mentioned to me that there's a movie, um, he hadn't seen it either, but uh, Eli. The Book of Eli. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I think I might. At the end, the lead role, Denzel Washington, ends up giving the Bible up, which is the only book left on the face of the earth that was 
post-apocalyptic times. And uh, he was guarding this book for so long, and it, it turned out to be the Bible. And anyway, he ended up getting hijacked, and they stole the Bible, or he gave it up for a, for a person. And the person said, I can't believe you did that for me. You know, you lived a dangerous life and, and spent years protecting that, but you gave it up so easily for me. He said, well, I found out that it's not so important to have the Bible or to know what it says, but it's important to be able to do what it says. And I thought that to see that come out of Denzel Washington's lips, that's that'd be amazing. But it's the truth. It's to do. And as God lives in us, we become doers, not just knowers. The Jews were very, had, I mean, you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They knew the law. They knew, they knew what the Bible said. They just didn't do it. And we as Christians, as, the, as Christ lives in us, we're called to do this. And I think the reason that this became so impressive on me was because there's a lot of churches in the area doing different fasts, and there's different ways and methods, and, you know, God's called each one to himself. We're going to stand before God. The Word says right here that we're going to stand there on our own. And we need to be convinced in our own minds that we're doing what God's called us to do. And as other churches look at you and say, oh, are you doing the Daniel fast? You know, are, you, are you doing starches? Or you know, can you have purified starches? What about brown rice? How about white rice? Can you? And it becomes this legalistic game of, of who's, you know, who's is bigger. And I've got more than you. And it doesn't matter. That's, that's not the point. The point is God understands your heart. And as we go out, I don't know what the the, pre, this, the, other, the first half of this fast meant to you, but I want to I focus on what you're going through from today to the end. And I want us to persevere and get this understanding. And for most of you, I'm sure you already had this revelation. Um, some of you can relate to what I'm talking about. But as we go out, I want us to go out with a bang. I want, us to, I want God to realize that there is true sacrifice on each of our individual parts. And that as you go into this, the, the, I mean, we got till Sunday, I think, I don't know if it's Sunday or what. And, you know, if you want to carry it on, you know, 21 days is just a number that Daniel, you know, it was just a guideline. But sacrifice shouldn't end. This should carry on for the rest of our lives. But during this time period, make it a point in yourself to, to just get before the Lord and stand before him and say, Father, if I haven't been doing this right, take me now. Take me now and let's move forward. And I want you to function from this point on in a new law, the law of love, which is the second half of this chapter. I'm not even going to pay attention to my notes. They just make me, make me stutter. All right. Verse 14. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. And do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Acceptable to God and approved by men. I mean, you get it all. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify one another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. 
Do you have faith? Well, have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Little he, by the way. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. And whatever is not from faith is from sin. There is sin. This is such wisdom for this time period that the Holy Spirit spoke this through Paul. And you have to, you have to allow yourself to, to realize that God uses people to speak to you. And God used people to convey His Word into the Scripture that has been translated and has gone through all, but His heart still comes through. This is the heart of God, the One who created you. Watching His little children bicker and complain and, and they're not walking under the law of love. But He commands us to love one another. And if we truly love one another, then this all the facade of being a Christian and the, you know, the wearing of the WWJD bracelets and the little crosses or the fish on your car, all those things that we put out there to show the world that we're Christians, he's not interested in all that. He's not interested in whether you're eating or not eating. It's, it doesn't make a difference to God. He wants to see us living. If what we're doing is not making peace, is not... Is not um, Edifying one another, these are the things that he's interested in. He wants us pure before him. The only way that we can truly do that is to get before him in our own time. You know, church is great. Sunday mornings are fantastic. I love Pastor Baird, and I'm glad you're here tonight. But this is just exhortation. We're here to give you a little adrenaline shot for the rest of your week. But the buck doesn't stop here when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. I want to sow into you guys as much as I do in our youth that this life is so short that as, as we focus on these, these little things that take our focus away from the Father and His will for us as individuals, because believe me, He has a plan for each one of us, and as we abide in Him and we walk out our plan, it affects the whole earth. It's hard to believe that God would use me to affect anything. It's hard to believe I'm standing up here right now. If you guys were hanging out with me in high school, you would have said, yeah, right. There's no way he's going to be standing in front of a church doing anything except being stoned. Getting stoned, like being, having rocks thrown at me. I, let me, I might need to clarify that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read some of the notes that I had because I didn't write them for nothing, but I want, you to, I want you to get some of this. We should try to live each day with the full realization that each one of us will stand before God and give an account for ourselves alone. And I believe we will be better for it while we're alive if we can focus on the fact that we will one day stand before Him. And I, tr I have trouble with this. You know, when I, met, when I met Kelly, she was much more spiritual than me, but now I'm like way over her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But when I did first meet her, she, I was Bed and Everly, I always do that. Ed and Beverly are sitting right where we were. She was up here dancing, and she was already plugged into the church, had been through Encounter, and um, she was on fire for the Lord. And I came in with, I, I believe truly, I had some cut-off jean shorts. I rode my bicycle here from the trailer park that I was living in. And um, she just came down and sat right next to me. And I was blown away that, wow, this is, uh, is kind of cool. 
I didn't really focus on her much. But as weeks went on, I didn't have a Bible, and she she started sharing hers with me. And you know, now we're married. But throughout that time, you know, I felt that I really did truly feel like I had something to prove to her because she was she was really. You know, I was. It took me a little while to get my bearing and get before the Lord um, truly, because I I knew how to be a Christian. I knew all about it. My mom loves the Lord, spirit filled, and she raised me the right way. I strayed. I rebelled and I just I just went the other way. And I had a hunger for the Lord. I had been church hopping. I ended up in here. And getting to know her made me want to be a better person. And while I'm thankful for that, it wasn't a reason to become a better Christian. That came across later. But as I got to know her and I wanted to be stronger, I'd started reading my Bible more. I made sure it was out when she came over if she was visiting. You know, I did, you know, I just, it, 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 she propelled me. But there came a time when I really sensed God saying, whatever. You're not in it for me. And it broke my heart. I ended up going to encounter, and we went to Edisto, and I encountered him. When he broke me, when he got in, I mean, he messed me up for, he, he changed my world, rocked my world. And I've never been the same since. Well, now my heart is on him. He, he lives in me, and I see things totally different. I look at people, and I understand that they're... I look at each one of you, and I realize that you're... This might sound petty, but you're, you're a book on a shelf with a story. And God values each one of you. And there's so much to you. While I used to look at people and have a judgmental feeling, and, and I, I would think, oh, you know, they're... You know, they're well, she's cute or not cute. But everybody's beautiful to me now. Everybody. It doesn't matter. Kelly is exceptionally beautiful to me, but that should be that way. But everyone is beautiful to me, men and women alike. My, I mean, my eyes were cleansed, and it's because of him dwelling in me. And I can learn to, the law of love became alive in my life. And if it hasn't happened to you, if you haven't experienced the liberty in Christ, the freedom, we come tonight to celebrate freedom in Christ. The freedom that we experience, the liberty to do Whatever we want. Tracy Stewart. If who was here? Who saw Tracy Stewart here? The story that she told about her being able to, you know, the, some guy she met in an airplane, I think, asked her about her church, and she said, are you guys allowed to, you know, are you allowed to smoke? And go, oh, yeah, we can smoke if I want to. Are you allowed to drink? Oh, yeah, we can drink if we want. What about drugs? Yeah, we could do drugs in my church if we want to. The guy's blown away. And she said, but we don't want to. That's the thing. We have the liberty to do whatever we want. I can do whatever I want. But he lives in me. He's changed my desires. My desire is to want to do what he wants me to do. And it's the coolest feeling ever because for so long I had to look over my shoulder. I had to remember lies. I mean, life was frustrating because I just, you know, I was living selflessly, I mean, selfishly, and, you know, you had to it just, it was, fr I mean, that's why I don't lie anymore. My memory's not that good. But... But the, the truth is, when I became, life is it's so free now. I don't have to think about what I did last week. I don't have to think about what I'm doing, what I'm planning. If anybody wants to look at my computer, have your way with it. If you, I mean, it doesn't matter. Look at my iPod. You know, that's the freedom that I want us all to live in. And that's the freedom that, for those of you who have children in here, in the youth, that's what we're just embedding in them. I want them to understand this. But it's the law of love. I believe the simplicity, this whole book, the whole life that is spoken of here hinges on that principle. If we could get that simple principle 
and function in that simple principle, then we can, we can walk out a lifelong happiness. That's why I entitled today, Love, Liberty, and Pursuit of Holiness. If we could just get that, then we'll be able to walk out in holiness. Um, I wrote here, and I, there's a story that I want to tell you about. Um, let's see if I can, I can muster it up. Well, understanding this strengthens our ability to resist our fleshly desires, i.e. food, um, but it also it hum humbles us to fall under authority and to be obedient to such a, a, a rule as fasting. It strengthens our relationship, our personal relationship with the Lord. There was a story about, um, how, how many of you have heard of Dale Carnegie? Okay, Dale Carnegie writes these motivational books, um, business books. And he wrote in one of his books about a story of a dinner party that he went to. And it reminds me of the bickering that takes place amongst Christians. You know, being right and being wrong and, and versus just living in freedom and love and liberty. But he's at a dinner party with a count in Italy. He was invited by the host to sit with the host at his dinner table. And the host is entertaining, and, and Dale was invited with a friend of his, so the three of them are sitting next to one another. And the host starts to tell a story, and he, he quotes this thing. He says, here's a quote from the Bible I'd like to tell you. And he, so he quotes this, this. It was actually from Shakespeare, but he thought it was from the Bible. He kind of got it mixed up. But anyway, Dale knew the Bible really well, and he knows Shakespeare. And the guy sitting next to him just happens to be an expert in Shakespeare. So Dale hears this, looks at his friend, his friend just doesn't flinch. And so the count's going on, and people are laughing, and he's entertaining. And Dale decides, I'm going to correct him. So he, he says, you know, I think, I think that was from Shakespeare. The count looked and said, no, 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 that's, that's the Bible. And he let it go. And he said, no, Dale said, no, I, I beg to differ. Hold on, Frank. Um, he went and under the table he gets kicked. Oh, he's like, don't don't you think that's from the uh, from Shakespeare? And he said, oh no, that's definitely from the Bible. The count is right. Kicks him again. Shut up. So finally they gets it. He says, okay, I'm not gonna say anything. Well, they get in the car on the way home from the dinner party, and Dale says, Frank, what's the deal? Why didn't you back me up? He's like, first of all, you don't embarrass a host, and now this count, he's like, super powerful in the circle of influence. And you just don't you don't you don't do that to somebody at their own party. You don't do it period, let alone at their own party. So I guess, you know, so you never really truly win an argument. But Christians, we do this and, and it's it's ridiculous to see us dispute over principles such as fasting or um, pre trib or post trib, you know, and I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things in the Word that I'll, we'll always have questions about. There's certain things that he just flat out says you're not supposed to know yet. And that's great, and it's interesting, and I love to, I love to have conversations and even debate in some cases um, the, some of the points in the Bible that are not clearly understood. But we don't win arguments by, getting, by arguing, arguing with those. We don't want to shout loud people out simply because they may not believe what we believe. As Paul is writing here, if you're convinced in, your, in yourself, you, know, you, you keep that to yourself between you and God. And then the last thing is, um, Tyler told me a story about some teenagers that were being brought home. Now this is when he was in 
Baton Rouge, there was a coach who had brought a bunch of kids to a Bible study, and there's, I think he said 500 people at the Bible study, and this is all youth. And so that's a lot of young people. There's a lot of activity taking place. It's got to be chaos. I mean, we just have 15, 20 at times, and it's crazy. So I can only imagine 500. But this coach has an opportunity to take some kids home. They didn't have a ride, so he's taking them home, and they're just acting a fool. And he knew, he had enough knowledge and experience with people, let alone young people, to know that if he were to ridicule them or criticize them based on how they were acting on that one trip home, the first experience they've ever had with him one-on-one, that he probably wouldn't win anything. He might just run them off. And so as Christians, we need to, to understand that we're, it's, it's our job more to live out before our peers, coworkers, friends, family, to live out God's word than it is, than it is to critique them and tell them this is how you're supposed to be. I know if you're like me nowadays, you know, there's certain people that you just want to, you want to lay hands on them, really. I mean, you just, it's like, you know, how can you, and they call themselves Christians. How do you, no, you're, you're killing me over here. And, you know, people in workplace, you know, they're both Christians and, you know, you got them fighting and everyone else is watching them and they're wearing the WWJD bracelets and, you know, they've got the, I don't, I don't know, the LXYE thing in the back of the car and, they're making a fool of us as Christians. They're not walking in love. They're not getting this basic principle. So I wanted to just say this tonight. If you don't get anything else out of tonight, I want us to get this law of love. Romans chapter 14, if you would, go home, reread it, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you because I believe this chapter is for this season. We're walking out of a freedom weekend. We're walking in a freedom and a liberty and coming through this fast, it's really a time where he will see your sacrifice. He will honor that simple act of walking in love. And if we could just get a hold of that and, and move in and press into him during our prayer time, I want to encourage you during these next five days, four days, to get on your face before the Lord and to just let it all out because he's doing a work in this church. There are so many things happening right now that I can't, I know that he's on the brink of doing something amazing. Pastor has been praying for, well, let's just start with um, prayer time, Sunday mornings. We had, Pastor wanted 50 people. It took a long time to get 40 people. Pastor just spoke it. I'm, I'm believing for 50 people, and he's been praying for 50 people. We haven't been shy of 50 people since he made that announcement. In fact, Laura took the liberty to bump it up to 75, and... I want to encourage everyone to start praying about this. Not that the prayer time has any, has any significance, but it is the influence that we have as we come together as a body. I'm believing for 100 men by the middle of the year in Ironman. I'm believing that even this, this coming Sunday morning, I'm believing that we're going to have 75. Do you know that last week we had 64? 64 in prayer time. Two months ago, we couldn't get 50. And boom, just like that. We have, there's someone out there that God has, has sent to fund the project of our new home. And he's going to find, or she's going to find, or they're going to find legacy. And it's going to be through the fervent prayer of the righteous ones that it's just, it's going to start to kindle a fire. 
God is doing some amazing things in the earth right now. I'm, I'm looking at how he's shaking Haiti, that voodoo nation. How he just said, okay, let's... He's shaking things up. And while there's a lot of Christians going to their aid, and I, I'm, I'm all for it, I just know that when, when New Orleans was, was flooded and put underwater, how many of you know what New Orleans is known for? Well, God is doing something. I'm not... I, I mean... I don't believe necessarily in the Mayan calendar in 2012, but I'm going to live life as if this is the last year. This is it, guys. This is the end. And we need to persevere and press into him with a fire in our bellies like never before. We have youth right now that are just on the brink of a breakthrough, and I'm believing we're going to go to ski invasion, and there's going to be something happen while we're there that kids are just going to be... I mean, there's 2,000 kids to gather, and I'm just believing for a move of the Holy Spirit to just move through there and... and Shake the nation. It is amazing what God is doing. And I look at Shane here right now. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. And God is doing an amazing thing in you. I'm just, I'm excited, guys. I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm, I'm excited about what he's done. And I'm excited how simple he's made it. That we don't have to be professors. He's using someone like me. And, and, and he can, he's going to use you to do, to reach you're, I mean, multitudes, multitudes. Pastors' influence on the internet has been uncanny. I mean, there. How many? Does anybody know the? Craig, are you back there? Do you know how many people were reaching? But would you say what was the last number? Don't mean to put you on the spot. Well, it's a big one. <laughs> I know. It's, it's thousands upon thousands all over the world. It's a cool thing that we've got going on. And I just, I'm, I'm encouraged. And I'm so glad that I'm able to be a part of it. So I just want us to close in prayer. Um, in fact, does anybody have the crowd small enough we can do this and not go too far over? But is there any requests right now that you'd like to lift up? Louise, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, we want to lift up Jimmy. Do we know a status? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, my father as well, he's back um, on chemo again. He's battling the cancer, but he's, uh, he's handling it really well. Um, is there anyone else, anything else to be lifted up tonight? Yeah, that's a crazy report in its own. Yes. That's true. I always wonder about that. You know, he comes in here with a fresh word every week. And hey, you just wonder where, where does it come you know, where does it come from? Did you have something? Hmm. Yeah, well, this family's already, you, you already know that. You can beat that one, too. Praise God. All right. To Haiti, yeah. More missionaries.
Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you for who you are. You're a mighty God. We can't fathom or comprehend the depths of your love, nor the power of the Holy Spirit that you've given to us. So, Holy Spirit, we speak right now those things that be not as though they were, but that Jimmy Powers, both senior and junior, Lord, that I speak a healing right now in Jesus' name. By your stripes, Father, you said that we are healed. And we stand on that right now. The aneurysm, Lord, that was spoke of in Maria's mom, we just bind that thing right now and cast it to the pit of hell where it came from. And Lord, we stand in agreement right now where you said where two or more are gathered in your name, Lord, you are there and Lord, you are here. And we petition you right now in Jesus' name that you heal her wholly. Father, I pray for the missionaries going out to Haiti. Lord, I pray against that spirit of voodoo, the black magic. Lord, I, I realize right now that you have done a great work in that place. And Lord, I just pray for those missionaries, Lord. Strengthen them. Give them spiritual authority to cast down demons, Lord. Give them discernment, Lord. Give them an ability to, to walk around and to discern where those spirits are to speak peace. Be still, like you said, Father, to that storm. Lord, Satan does not hold a foot ground in this place. Lord, I just I bind him right now in Jesus' name and all of his cohorts. Lord, that you will Lord, you're doing amazing work in those people of Haiti. Father, I just pray that you send more food and water and supplies to them. Lord, it breaks my heart to know that anyone, anyone should suffer. And Lord, I know it breaks yours. So, Father, I, I pray your heart right now in Jesus' name that you'll move into that place. And, Lord, any other uh, illness or need, Father, from employment needs to financial needs, health needs, Lord, I, just, I speak, Father, that discernment, that doors will open, the windows of heaven will open as your children are being obedient. Lord, I pray during this last stint of this fast, fast, Lord, that you're going you're gonna to open the blind eyes, Lord. You're going to make some serious progress in people's lives where they're going to have discernment. They're going to see, Lord, what it is that you have called them to. Be it the mission field, Lord, or be it to move from one job to another, or to pray for someone in particular, Lord, to, to reach out to their neighbors, to the cashier or the clerk. Lord, I just pray right now that you put a fire in our bellies to reach the lost, Lord, and not just to minister your word, Lord, but to develop relationship, to get them into the house of God, to to, to Grow disciples, Lord, to send out into the mission field. We're about your business, Lord. We will tarry until you come. We will occupy, Lord, until you come. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming out tonight on a Wednesday night. You're the diehard group. Wednesday night with Pastor not even being here. You guys are the really diehard group. I appreciate the support. You guys must have been on Pastor's email loop that said support me. <laughs> Thank you guys. God bless you. There is free.